Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse! He's looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. I may have said last night on this show, hey, in a few hours, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to be one and three. Oh, wrong again. Imagine that. The Riders pulled it off last night. Rider Nation can breathe easier for another week. CFL tonight, two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Montreal up 8-6 on Ottawa. Potential field goal try coming up here. We'll let you know how that goes. Eskimos tomorrow in Toronto, 2 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 3.30. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell will have the call. Dave will check in in about half an hour as the Eskimos take on their former teammate, quarterback James Franklin, now at the helm for the Argos because of the injury to Ricky Ray. Ottawa does make a field goal. They go up 9-8 on Montreal. Two minutes left in the first quarter there. Blue Jays looking good tonight. Home run by Justin Smoke. Five runs in the bottom of the second inning. They lead the Yankees 5-0. They're now into the third. You can always text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Your Edmonton Oilers news today. And now a drag move by Pasternak. He'll send it into the corner with 100 seconds to go, but it's taken away by Ryan Stroman. He's got numbers. Down the left-hand side. Shoots and scores! Strome with a look off on Camilleri, and after going 21 games without a goal, Ryan Strome has goals in back-to-back. The Oilers announcing they have signed Ryan Strome two years, $6.2 million. The cap hit 3.1 per season. Strome last season, 13 goals, 21 assists for 34 points. I thought Strome was much better in the second half of the season than he was in the first half when he struggled to have an impact on the game. I think playing center on the third line and killing some penalties helped him get into a little bit of rhythm. Obviously, he had the one goal called back, that overtime goal against the Calgary Flames on the uh, marginal and, in my mind, debatable goalie interference call, but we're not going to get too much into that tonight. So Strom comes back. Uh, you'd like to see him push over the 40-point barrier. Had 34 this past season. I, I think they want him to still shoot more. That was a priority when they acquired him. He uh, never really fulfilled that demand, but Ryan Strom is back. So the Oilers with one restricted free agent left to sign, and that is Darnell Nurse, and I would expect something there. Well, I don't think it'll drag on too long, but Ryan Strom does sign with the Edmonton Oilers. All right, quick note here. And we will uh, get more on this a little bit later on tonight with Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta, but... 
the third game of the Edmonton Grads International Classic. This is this uh, tournament between Canada and Turkey at the Savile Centre. Game three tomorrow has been cancelled. Turkey came to town. I guess some players uh, got ill, got injured in game one, so they're not going to play the third game tomorrow. They will play tonight with limited rosters. Uh, So instead of the game at 3 o'clock tomorrow at the Savile Centre, they are instead going to have a Team Canada scrimmage that will be open to the public. And uh, tickets... If you had tickets for Saturday's game, they're going to be honored tonight. If uh, if you had a game ticket for tomorrow and you can't go, it is eligible for a refund. And uh, I would suggest going to the Basketball Alberta website for more information there. Paul Sir is going to update us on this. There, there's still stuff going on with the three-on-three event. And, uh, and you can still go obviously go watch the basketball game tonight. So that's unfortunate that uh, it didn't go well for the Turkish team. I mean, Canada steamrolled them on Wednesday and they get the injuries and the illness as well. But they are going to go ahead with tonight's game with with limited rosters. So Paul Sir is going to check in uh, a little later on this hour to let us know what's going on there. At West Edmonton Mall for the Brick Invitational, it's been a pretty good week for Team Brick Alberta. They beat Minnesota 5-1 earlier today to finish the round robin at 5-1. They uh, didn't quite get first in their pool, but they have moved on to the playoff round and Andy Wigston who's the tournament director for the Brick Invitational is on the line right now. Andy how's it going man? It's going good it's going good how are you? I'm doing very well thanks for making time for me I know there's so much going on with the tournament with the with the round robin winding down I, I was just giving fans the lowdown here on, on a pretty good week for Team Brick Alberta just the one loss uh, I know you talk to the to the coaches and the managers and some of the players all the time give us a sense of of you know from those conversations how Team Alberta Brick Alberta uh, feels feels they did throughout the week. Oh, they did really well. They're really excited. They're. Uh, I mean, the last time we were in the final was 2009. Um, you know, or, or, sorry, the last time we were, yeah we were in the final, um, 2012 we got to the semis. So this is really big news for these kids, and they're they're really excited about it. Coaches are excited. Um, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow, but uh, going into it, it's a lot of fun. Andy, you've been, I mean, 29th annual tournament, you've been there since the beginning. Yep. I mean, can you even contrast the the talent level and sort of the, just the whole approach to this tournament and, and the, the, the this age group in hockey as, as compared to, well, we don't even have to go back to the beginning. We can probably go back 10 or 15 years and you've noticed a marked difference. Well, yeah, we were, look, we were looking the other day at uh, some of the equipment these kids wore 29 years ago. Amazing how that's changed even, like just, just, Gates and helmets alone—it's just unbelievable how much how, how much the equipment's changed, how much the the talent pool has changed. These kids are not like little kids anymore. These are—I mean, you've been out here, you've seen how these kids look. They—it's amazing to watch these kids play, and they play for just the pure joy of playing the game. So uh, yeah, it really has increased. But also, the we've changed the facility. When we started, there was no dressing rooms, there was no players' boxes. West Ham Tomorrow has done such an amazing job of making this rink amazing. This year we got a three hundred, a three uh, million dollar upgrade on the ice and the boards and time clocks. So uh, yeah, that's been a big change. Andy, can you expand on the ice a little bit? Because I understand it's it's holding up a lot better when there's sun and hot temperature in there. 
Yeah, but I mean, in previous years, we had um, the ice was was getting worse and worse as we went through it. Um, there was a crack down the middle of the of the um, of the concrete slab, and what was happening was at the at the center there was a it had an, a, a ridge to it, and at the center we maybe had an inch and a half, but on the outsides we had four inches of ice. Well, the plant couldn't freeze it, so when the, when the sun came out and the ice started to melt, we had these great big puddles. So people would have like skate through them and you'd see the water fly we were squeegeeing it off in between periods well this year they ripped the whole thing out put a brand new floor in put a brand new set of uh of, uh, of uh, hardware in for the ice a brand new ice plant and today i understand it got up to around 30 we had a little bit of sweating that's all hasn't cool. slowed us down a bit it's been amazing well that's that's incredible that's that's so good to hear andy wakeston joining us on inside sports he's the tournament director for the brick invitational uh, i mentioned the round robin wrapping up tonight but some huge games coming up on the weekend. Now, for, if people uh, aren't sure about the format, it's two pools of seven teams each. The top right. three make the, the playoff round. So if you win your pool, you do get a bye to the semis. Team Brick Alberta just missed out on that bye. So what are they looking at tomorrow here for a schedule, Andy? They, they, uh, they play at 9-10 against Connecticut. And uh, the winner of that game... Um, will will go to um, the semi, and that's Toronto that Pro game, Hockey. We'll, I think we'll go. We'll play. No, the winner. Yeah, they'll they'll end up playing Pro Hockey. Okay. And then BC and Manitoba will play at seven thirty in the morning, and the winner of that game will play the Bulldogs at two ten. So there's a break after the nine ten game to the twelve thirty game, right? Or sorry, or sorry, to the two ten game to give them a chance to to catch their breath, and then you got the two semifinals, and then the two winners will play on Sunday at 12.30. All right, that's your championship game. And are they doing the uh, the Golden Bears coming out there for the skills on Sunday too? They will be out there Sunday morning. They're looking forward to it. We were talking to uh, Ian Herpers at the press conference. All right, well, I think I think we just lost Andy just right at the end of the interview. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. But, uh, yes, uh, the final is going to be 12.30 on Sunday. And before that, they'll have the Golden Bears skills competition, which is always one of the highlights of the weekend as well. So if uh, just to recap there, 7.30 and 9.10 tomorrow at West Ed are the quarters. Team Brick Alberta's in the 9.10 game. The semis are at 2.10 and 3.30. If Team Brick wins their quarter, they're in the 3.30 semi. Great to get the update. From Andy Wakeston, a lot of great stuff going on there with the Brick Invitational. We're going to take a quick timeout, then we're going to go big. Seven-footer Kelly Olenek from the Miami Heat, great Canadian basketball player. He's in Edmonton for a clinic. He's coming up. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. A couple of questions about Darnell Nurse. Ryan Strom signing today, so Nurse is now the only oiler without a contract, restricted free agent. I think Darnell Nurse is going to get a bridge-type deal. Uh, I know somebody's asking if he'll get more than Matt Benning. I, I think uh, absolutely he'll get more than Matt Benning. Benning coming in at 1.9 per season. I, I wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if Nurse gets a bridge deal uh, maybe in the neighborhood of what Strom got today, a couple years uh, around a total of uh, $6 million, so about three per year. That's about as much as the Oilers can afford. Maybe they could go a little higher with that, but that's what I would expect from Nurse. And I, and I know, you know, so, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes the contracts are just getting some things uh, narrowed down, you know, dotting all the I's, crossing the T's. I don't, I don't think this is 
uh, the, a sign of... I mean, remember Dreisaitl took until, what, August to announce that contract last year? Sometimes it, it does. they don't all get announced early July. So I think Nurse will happen probably relatively soon, and uh, I would expect a couple of years and a cap hit of around three per season. All right, Kelly Olenek. Plays for the Miami Heat. Canadian spent most of his uh, childhood growing up in Kamloops. He is in town as an instructor at the Jordan Baker Elite Clinic at Harry Ainley. How about that? An NBA big man right in Edmonton. I went to Harry Ainley today and spoke to Kelly. Well, Kelly, welcome to Edmonton. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with uh, with Jordan Baker, Baker and coming out for the camp here. You know, me and Baker, you know, go way back, especially in the basketball world. You know, our parents knew each other, and, and we knew each other in high school, played against each other a bunch, and then, you know, played with each other on the, the national teams and junior national teams. And, uh, you know, since then, we've just always stayed in touch. And, um, you know, it's always great, you know, being able to see him and, and catch up with him and, you know, find out what's going on in his life. And he's come out you know, helped me with my camp, the Olenek Clinic, up in Kamloops the last, you know, three years now, I think. And, you know, he's going to come again, which the camp is uh, July 30th to August 3rd, I think it is, this year. And so he's been, uh, you know, asking me to come out to Edmonton and help him with his, his Baker Clinic. And, you know, I, I told him, you know, next year, next year, next year. And then this year I was finally like, you know what, i got to get up there. So, you know, he invited me, and I, you know, I told him I'd swing by. Well, good for you for coming. You're going to be working with obviously some some younger athletes. Uh, what what do you try to get across to them when you see them at that point in their lives, that point of their basketball careers? And probably you're going to see a lot of enthusiasm too. Yeah, lots of enthusiasm. Just you know, it's all about you know finding a love and passion for the game and you know enjoying it. Uh, you know, if you're not having fun playing the game, then no, you shouldn't be playing it. You should be doing whatever you you enjoy doing in life and. You know, just kind of trying to share that passion and love and, you know, kind of help these kids with, you know, whatever you can, um, whether it's skill-based or uh, mental or physical or, you know, emotional, whatever it is, just kind of you know, give these kids an opportunity to, you know, to talk to someone who's been through it and kind of, you know, kind of share what helped, you know, me get to the level I'm at today. Well, and obviously your parents were involved in, in, in basketball. Was that where the love started for you? Did you kind of, uh, you know, the, the roadmap, roadmap was pretty obvious to go into it? Or, or uh, where did that spark come from for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously I was born into a basketball family. with my Both my parents played basketball. My Both my parents coached. My mom refereed, um, you know, my whole life I've been in a gym basically since I was born, <laughs> since I can remember. So that was a huge thing. Um, and, you know, I always play basketball, I always like basketball. And, um, you know, I think because, you know, my dad was so heavily involved in it and my mom as well, it was, it was a way that you could spend time with your family and parents, right? So I think that definitely played, paid, uh, you know, some, some tribute to to my love and passion for it and you know there's times throughout my life where I you know didn't enjoy basketball and wasn't enjoying basketball and you know did other things you know other sports other activities whatever it was that you know I enjoyed more but you know I always realized that I really had a passion love the game and you know not, not only love to play it but watch it and you know be around it and you know spectate and learn and grow and coach and do everything you know it's just kind of an all-encompassing thing I just you know love the the whole game as a whole. Well, and probably a chance to remind people, you weren't seven feet tall when you were eight, 10, 12 years old. Like, you, you had to have the skills before the height came along, right? That's probably an important reminder. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, growing up, it was, it was awesome because my dad, you know, being a coach and, you know, being a you know, taller kid, I guess, growing up, but I wasn't always the tallest. And uh, But he put a ball in my hands and, you know, made me be able to dribble and pass the ball and, you know, made me fine-tune skills, you know, rather than just kind of, 
know, being in the post and, you know, being taller than other kids. So, um, you know, playing guard growing up really helps. Um, and, you know, the way the game is today, everybody's got to be able to dribble, pass, shoot, and make plays. Uh, it's it's way different than when it was, you know, even when I grew up. So, um, you know, that's things that I you know kind of think, and it's a testament to my dad and his, you know, his abilities to see into the future, I guess, or what, wherever the game's going to go, and especially, you know, his time with the national teams and international game you know knowing that that's you know kind of the model that they they go after so you know it's something that these these kids need to to realize too is everybody's got to be able to do everything and when when that happens it's it's really tough to guard teams that have guys who can do everything Kelly Olenek joining us on Inside Sports tonight from the Miami Heat. Pretty good year for you guys, uh, but you run into, I guess, the, do you call them the up-and-coming Philadelphia 76ers in the first round? They're finally putting some things things together there. What was that series like? And and even though it was, uh, you know, an earlier exit than you hoped, uh, how do you look back on the season? Yeah, I mean, uh, the season, was, it was good. You know, it was good for us, good for me. It was a great opportunity for me to go down there and, you know, kind of broaden my horizons and, you know, give me a little more opportunity to to show what I can do. And they gave me a lot more freedom there and a lot more opportunities to, you know, to grow and, you know, elevate your game and kind of take your game to a different level. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. And, you know, hopefully you can keep growing and keep learning and keep, you know, becoming a player I want to be. Um, you know, as for, for our season, we were definitely up and down. We had a bunch of injuries, um, you know, throughout, which kind of, you know, harpened us a little bit, you know, at times. And then, you know, in the playoffs, you know, we thought we were poised and ready to, to take on whoever's in front of us. You know, fortunately, we ran into a good Philadelphia team that was you know, was making shots and, and making plays at the right times. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, series could have went either way. Um, but, you know, they made shots that those four or five games and uh, they were t- they were tough to handle, you know, especially when they're, they're hitting shots like that. And, um, no, it's it, it could go either way, and but I'm like we have, you know, everyone back pretty much. Hopefully, we can re-sign Wayne and uh, you know kind of get get the whole group back and you know keep building on what we had. And are you sitting there thinking, that's great, LeBron? Go to the other conference, <laughs> open open it up a little bit, or? You know, it's it's never a bad thing to have him on the other side, <laughs> but uh, you know we still got to take care of business. What's it like playing against him? You no, know, he's. Well, best player in the world. You know, and, uh, he's, you know, a special talent physically. You know, a special talent uh, mentally. You know, he's, you know, thinks the game so so highly, and you know, kind of one step ahead. And uh, you know, you really have to be locked in every single possession when you play him. You know, he's so dangerous with the ball, not only to score but to to pass. And you know, he really encompasses the game of basketball and does everything so it's you know it's real tough you know matching up against him but you know it's a challenge you want to take on all right so you know you go you go through the summer give 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 uh people listening a sense of what what your training is like over the summer i mean it's uh it's pretty much a 12 month uh job now there's not a lot of downtime in the summer how intense uh do you work out will you go work on i don't know shooting footwork on any given day or what's uh what's an off-season training program like for you yeah i mean it's a lot about just you know keeping keep improving um you know you never want to take a step back you always want to be moving forward in your game you know whether that's on the court in the weight room you know quickness uh, physically whatever it is you know you always want to be on top of your game and you know keep growing keep learning keep adding weapons to your arsenal and you know that's a huge thing and it it takes time and it takes a lot of you know a lot of repetitions and it's a lot of hours in the gym 
Canadian basketball. I mean, you mentioned some of your national team experience and, and having Jordan there. We got the, the women's team playing a series against Turkey and Edmonton this weekend. Um, you know, for, for me as an observer, the, the Canada's relevance and ability in basketball has come so far in, in my lifetime. I mean, are we... Uh, are the men poised for you know another step up? Do you think uh, whether it's Olympics or Worlds or, or how do you look at it? Yeah, definitely. You know we're definitely always on the upward trend, and we got a lot of guys coming up through the system that you know are only going to help our country uh, you know elevate to the next level. And you know I think that's the goal right now is to to get to the Worlds and then obviously the the Olympics. And you know it's a super super attainable goal, and you know I believe we'll be there and next summer at the Worlds and then you know, hopefully after that the Olympics. Alright, i got to ask you, Alinek, I think that's the Ukrainian heritage mm-hmm. and you've come to northern Alberta where there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> are you, uh, like, are, is it something you're um, immersed in a little bit or or is it, you know, maybe not hit your generation as much or like are you into the pierogies and speak a few words or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously my, my grandparents were, were into it and, uh, you know, my dad's side of the family is Ukrainian, so you know, they're all about it, you know, pierogies and halapshi and all that, but um, yeah, it's, you don't, you don't find many of them down in Miami, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's a little tougher to, to get those, those cuisines and, and culinary, culinary masterpieces down there. All right, last one for you. Give me an athlete outside the sport of basketball that you really admire or enjoy watching. You know, there's a there's a ton of athletes that that I enjoy watching. You know, I'm a really big fantasy football guy, so I love watching football. You know, love following those guys. Um, you know, growing up, I liked hockey because all my friends, you know, watched it. Um, but there's there's athletes all over the world that are that are amazing. You know, amazing people, and uh, you know, I love sports. You know, in general. You know, growing up, my favorite sport was badminton. Really? And yeah, I love badminton. You know, my. Uh, my cousin went to the Olympics in 2000 in Sydney for badminton, and ever since then, I just, I just fell in love with badminton. And obviously, it's not a sport that you watch and do a lot, but you know, I love, I love to play. Kelly, thanks for your time. Enjoy being in Edmonton. Appreciate it. Take care. That is Kelly Olenek from the Miami Heat. Since I've been hosting the show, first active NBA player to be on Inside Sports. We've had some retired guys. That was pretty cool to talk to him. And I, I'm pretty sure he qualifies as the tallest inside sports guest, given that he's seven feet. Luckily, we were sitting down while we were doing the interview, so I didn't have to stretch my arm over my head for 10 minutes. Eskimos, Argos coming up tomorrow. Dave Campbell has a preview. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Six and a half minutes left in the second quarter in Montreal. The Ottawa Red Blacks leading the Montreal Alouettes 9-8. Blue Jays in action up 5-1 on the Yankees in the bottom of the fourth. Seven o'clock tonight, the Edmonton Prospects continue their road trip in Medicine Hat. Next home game for the Prospects. Tuesday at Remax Field against Yorkton. That'll be a 7 o'clock first pitch. Of course, World Cup earlier today. I'm sure you know about this already. Belgium over Brazil 2-1. France advances 2-0 over Uruguay. And the Oilers have signed Ryan Strom. The 24-year-old gets a two-year deal worth $6.2 million. Dave in Whitecourt texting in saying Strom signing worst move of 2018 for the Oilers. 
No, Dave, don't get ahead of yourself. The year's only half over. Uh, well, Strom was, uh, you know, I called him at midseason an inconsequential player. I, I do think he found a little bit more of a role and had more of an impact in the second half of the season. Dave, I will ask you to remember this. What if there's an expansion draft next June? Would Ryan Strom be more appealing to the Seattle, whoever they're going to be, if he has a year left on his contract as opposed to if he's a pending RFA? Maybe something to think about. Alex says, uh, hey, gents, was listening to Kelly Olenek. You know he's Ukrainian when he says, you know, ha, 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 Yuki for days, Alex. All right, appealing to the Ukrainian sector of the audience tonight, which is never a bad thing. Dave Campbell is in Toronto with the Edmonton Eskimos. Hello, Dave. Hey, Reed. Dave, I had Kelly Olenek on the show. Well, I taped with him earlier today at Harry Ainley. That's uh, outstanding. He, uh, so I asked, my last question was, can you tell me a, another athlete outside of basketball that you have admired or enjoyed watching? He actually didn't give me any specific name, but he did say that as a kid, his favorite sport was badminton, which I have never got that answer before. Wow. <laughs> badminton. He he played he I mean we all played badminton in school and and yeah, he had a choice. he had a cousin that played badminton in the, I think he said the 2000 Olympics in Sydney but okay. but I have never had anybody other than a badminton player I guess and I don't even know if we've ever interviewed one uh, identify badminton as his or her favorite sport so that was a new one coming from a guy who's in the NBA especially I always found that birdie annoying you know like you, you know. You know, so, you know, you try, I'm going to smash this birdie. Of course, it would, like, travel at, you know, eight mile per hour. Um, and you'd always, I'd always miss it. It'd be like, is there a hole in my racket or what? what's going on here? So <laughs> nice. I found badminton a very frustrating sport. Uh, I have played a fair bit of tennis uh, in my younger days. I, I enjoy that sport, but that's a hard sport, too. And golf is just, well, whatever. Um, I know you love golf, but. Well, I'm horrible. We- today, I don't like it very much because I was horrible oh. today. <laughs> well, you, I I hope you did your traditional golf early because uh, I hear it's crazy hot, hot back home. So uh, it's it's hot today. I was out early golfing, but man, you could still feel the heat rolling in. But I I, I don't mind it. Got to enjoy it while it's hot. By the way, it looks like Ottawa. Did Ottawa just get a touchdown here, seventeen eight up on Montreal. Dave, before we get into Eskimos Argos coming up, what did you make of that Ryder Hamilton game last night? I mean, man. Uh, I don't like we we've seen the Chris Jones formula in Edmonton. I I don't know if he's trying to repeat it in Saskatchewan, but he do, he doesn't have the offense he had here in Edmonton, though they did no. just enough last night. I have no idea how Hamilton lost that football game, uh, considering they I think they dominated, but I do I, I think we know why they lost the football game. Oh for two in the red zone, they had to settle for field goals, and uh, they had three uh, turnovers and the riders turned those into, into some points. So um, the quarterback rotation is nothing like I've ever seen before. I think there was, what, four changes last night, three or four quarterback switches? Uh, you know, and you'd be hard-pressed to uh, find it in a football game in, in recent memory that uh, that taking place. So, you know, and I tweeted this out during the game yesterday, is, is Chris Jones is relying on his defense, and, and this looked a lot like, uh, the 2014 year, and that was a good football team in Edmonton at 12 and six. But Mike Riley was an MOP Riley that year. He was coming into his own still. I think he went through a stretch of you know four or five games without scoring a, or throwing a touchdown pass, 
and that's when he was, you know, had more of the tension to run than he does now. Um, but the difference with the Riders and the Eskimos obviously is Mike Riley. And in 2015, after he came back, when he came back from that serious knee injury that was suffered in Week One in Fort McMurray against the Argos, you know, he started to slowly take control of that offense and kind of pushes, you know, pushes way to having more of a uh, a more aggressive offense. And you know, obviously, when you look at the results, he was totally right. But I don't see that right now in Saskatchewan because they don't have the quarterbacks to operate an offense like that. Brandon Bridge is still really learning how to operate an offense and how to manage a game, and, and David Watford is just so green it's not even funny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just amazing how they're able to pull that game out. Their defense played extremely well in keeping the riders or keeping the Ticats out of the end zone, um, but the Ticats got to be kicking themselves today because they should have won that game hands down going away if they convert one of those red zone chances they're, they they won uh, they won a tough football game um but you know they didn't have the killer instinct and the riders did in the key moments but it's unbelievable that the riders won that football game I mean that that game was as as heavy of a smoke and mirror show as you you could ever see it's it's just interesting to watch with the quarterbacks. Now they went out and got Claros. If if they had a quarterback last year, who knows? And sure. now Durant Carter, what he had a few offensive snaps last night. Yeah, it happened late in the uh, fourth quarter and kind of played out the same way last week against the Montreal Alouettes. But primarily, he was a he was a defensive back and thought he looked a bit better um, last night than he did uh, the previous two weeks. But I still don't think it's a good trade. You know, you have a great receiver. Uh, versus a you know a a, a a good DB, I don't think that's a good trade off for the Riders still, um, and I can't believe they don't have another American defensive back in their building. It's just baffling to me that you know Chris Jones is choosing Deron Carter the the defensive back instead of Deron Carter the receiver. But you know Chris Jones is someone that you know he wants his defense to honestly be the focal point, and we all remember the defense he has here in Edmonton. Um, you know, until like I say, Mike Riley said, "You know what? I think we can win games if we do this." And 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 you know, right now, Chris Jones he has to rely on his defense right now because that offense does not uh, does not spark confidence at all. Well, you know what they say: if if coaches and managers start worrying about what the fans think, soon they're going to be sitting with them. But you know, in Chris Jones's case, he he really does. Like, if there's a guy that doesn't care what anybody else thinks, it's Chris Jones. Like, no, he's which which is a, that's an admirable quality. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, he's doing this mad scientist stuff, and uh, you know, you never know it might work out. He's 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 been a pretty good coach as a defensive coordinator and head head coach in the CFL. Dave Campbell joining us from Toronto, Eskimos and Argos tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, Dave and Morley are going to sign on at 2 o'clock. The game will kick off at 3. James Franklin will indeed play against the Edmonton Eskimos as the Toronto quarterback. Dave, like, do you feel you know what to expect from Franklin during his brief... Well, I mean, he was he was with Edmonton for a while, but didn't necessarily play a lot. Do you know what to expect tomorrow? Do you think the Eskimos' defense is preparing for anything specific with him? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that they can really prepare for with with Franklin is, you know, and, and comparing him to Ricky Ray, for example. One, his arm strength is is superior than than Ricky Ray's. Uh, secondly, his mobility is is superior than Ricky Ray's. But does he have the mental capacity to understand the game and execute it in a game? You know, and 
He uh, he's been around some really good quarterbacks in this league. Obviously, with uh, with Mike Riley, Ricky Ray this year, uh, a little bit of time with Matt Nichols. So he's been around three starting quarterbacks. But you know, how does he incorporate that into his own game? Because as a player and especially as a quarterback, you got to come out and be yourself. And what do we know about James Franklin? He's upbeat. He's positive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, he's he's someone that I think is a is a, a, a kind of a a personality that people gravitate towards, but what are we going to see from James Franklin tomorrow is a good question. He doesn't have the experience, and we have seen some flashes from him. He's only had three starts. This is his fourth start tomorrow. He's two and one as a starter. He's had two great games against the Toronto Argos, and he was, you know, really really exposed as an inexperienced quarterback as he was in the 2015 Labor Day game against the Calgary Stampeders. So, you know, the one thing I did notice. Uh, especially in the start against the Argos in 2016, that was the last game of the regular season before the before the Eskimos uh, traveled east for the playoffs. Is his decision making was excellent that day? Where I noticed in his last start against the or his previous start against the San Peters, he had the penchant to kind of look downfield. I mean, he can he can make the, all the throws that you want, um, and he's got a tremendous arm. But Calgary kind of baited him to throw long. And he didn't have a very good day because uh, they took all the options away from him as far as the the quick game and the short passing game goes. But I saw in that game, I mean, he had four touchdowns in the first half. He had 355 yards passing. So I thought I saw a better decision maker. But this is a different scenario for James Franklin Reed because now he is the starter. Yes, he is the starter, but we don't know how long. And this is... This is a scenario where he's also looking behind him as well a little bit because Mark Tressman says, the, the head coach of the Argos, he said it was a coin flip as far as who our starting quarterback was going to be between James Franklin and another quarterback on the roster who's in his second season um, named McLeod Bethel-Thompson, who's 30 years old and has NFL experience. And Mark Tressman is very high on him. In fact, there's some reports or some people will say he's higher on Bethel-Thompson than he is on James Franklin. So... You know, James Franklin still has a lot to prove to his own team, to his coach, Mark Tressman, uh, as far as will he be the, the guy going forward. So there's still a competition going on of who will take the reins at, uh, at, the, at the quarterback position. And we've not seen James Franklin have to deal with that yet. You know, he's come in in relief. He's come in and started a, a, an odd, you know, three games, uh, like we said. But he hasn't had the pressure of trying to keep a starting quarterback job so that's the interesting thing for me to see how he responds to that. Dave, uh, just quickly before I let you go, I got Paul Sir coming up. He's going to update us on the uh, the cancellation for Game Three tomorrow of the Edmonton Grads International Classic. Any notable lineup changes for the Eskimos? Well, it doesn't look like Kwaku uh, Botang is going to play. Uh, didn't practice all week. He is on the depth chart listed as a backup, but I think Gerald Rivers is going to get a start, uh, his first CFL start. So. Uh, Botang is not going to, I think, I don't think he'll likely play. So as far as the, the, the defensive end rotation, are they going to have three Americans rotating in that spot uh, with Darius Allen coming back from injury, or are they going to have Mark Mackey, the milk truck, who has been with the Eskimos for the last two training camps and hasn't you know, made the main roster until this time around because of injury? Are they going to insert him to be, you know, keep that Canadian uh, that Canadian in a rotation with uh, with the two other American defensive ends. And other than that, that's pretty much it. Well, of course, uh, Brian Mitchell's coming back. But interesting scenario for Brian Mitchell is he's not going to start tomorrow. He's going to be on. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to play some special teams and he's going to have some uh, 
specific or or some packages that are designed for him. But he's in a spot with uh, you know that they have to prove himself again, right? And kind of has to you know kind of start not all over again, but started a, a base that he's not a starter. I mean, Duke Williams has had a great great season so far, and Kenny Stafford, a guest on this show a couple nights ago, has come out and has and has has played really well. So Brian Mitchell's kind of in a spot where he's got got to prove himself maybe again and, and, and win a spot. So those are the two notable changes. And who's he taking out? Uh, he's going to take out Miles Schuler. Oh, okay, who, uh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Receiver that played some snaps a couple uh, weeks ago against Hamilton and didn't do very much last week on the sidelines with the, uh, you know, with the, in that big win over the BC Lions. Dave, it's going to be fun. I think if the Eskimos' uh, defense holds steady, the offense will make some plays. So that'll be fun to follow tomorrow, buddy. Thanks for checking in. Enjoy your Friday night in T.O. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you next week. That is Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, color analyst for our broadcast here on 6.30. Chad, Eskimos, Argos, 2 o'clock countdown to kickoff tomorrow, game at 3.30. D texted again. He goes, if uh, Ryan Strom goes from 35 points to around 45 this year as a third-line center at $3 million, is that a good deal? Uh, well, I would think so. I mean, Derek Ryan got over $3 million from the Calgary Flames for three years, and uh, he was, what, 38 points last season. Matt texting in, he says, Strom gets $3 million. If I'm Darnell Nurse, I'm not taking less than 4 per year on a two-year deal. Well, that'd be good for Darnell. Uh, that put the Oilers really close to the cap. But, uh, Matt, I understand what you were saying for sure. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Basketball Alberta's Paul Sir with an update on uh, what is now going to happen at the Saville Centre this weekend because of the cancellation of tomorrow's game. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Locking up Ryan Strom today, two years, $3.1 million per season. That prompted a text from Matt who said if he were Darnell Lurse uh, looking at that contract, he'd want $4.5 million per season on a two-year deal. Josh in the park responding to that on the text line says, why would the Oilers pay Nurse $4.5 million for what he's going to be? Because in my opinion, he's not worth $4.5 million for what he showed so far. Dissenting opinions on the text line. Now remember... To my listeners and fans of sports in the city, you can't. I discourage you from arguing with each other on the text line. That's what Twitter is for. Or just meet by the bike racks after school. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 6.54. Tip-off coming up at 7 tonight. Canada against Turkey. Game 2 of the Edmonton Grads International Classic. Now, unfortunately, Game 3, scheduled for tomorrow at 3 in the afternoon, has been cancelled. Paul Sir with Basketball Alberta on the line. Paul, thanks for checking in tonight. I know you got a lot going on. What What's going on uh, with, with the Turkish team here? Uh, how come we can't play tomorrow? Three girls, Reed, were injured the other night uh, with injuries that don't allow them to continue playing. And then, unfortunately, four of the other ladies picked up a stomach virus and are, are quite sick. So now we've got a situation where they're down to six or seven players, and they just felt that they couldn't guarantee that they could field the team both tonight and tomorrow. So they're going to go with seven tonight, play a full game, and then uh, tomorrow's game has been canceled. So what, what has been done, though, I think is still very, very interesting, and I'd be happy to share that with you, Reed, if you, uh, if you have a moment. Yeah, we got time. Okay, great. Uh, tomorrow, starting at 1040, 
the 3x3 quarterfinals for the Canadian National Championship, the Canada Quest National Championship, will be will start in the main gym at Savile Community Center. So you have your quarters and semis, and then the championship game will be played at 2:30 uh, in in the main gym uh, for the national championship. Immediately followed by a red versus white scrimmage between the women on the Canadian women's national team. So people will be able, be able for free to come watch our team play against each other and then afterwards have a chance to mingle, get autographs, get pictures taken, and speak with all the players on the team. So it's still going to be a real fun opportunity for people to get out here. Unfortunately, though, it won't be with the game against Turkey. All right. Well, that is a bummer that the, the game's not going to go, but uh, but obviously the three-on-three is, is great to watch. Uh, and I, I know I mentioned earlier Jermaine Buckner was on the show. A couple Edmonton guys uh, playing in the three-on-three, Jermaine Buckner and Steve Sir, and they're incredible to watch. They've had great careers going back to Ross Shep, NCAA Europe, and all that kind of stuff. All right, so, you know, I, it's, it's not ideal, but everybody's adjusting on the fly, so that's great. Yep. They're still going to play the game tonight. Uh, and if people had a ticket for tomorrow, uh, they can uh, get, get a refund if they just absolutely can't go tomorrow? Absolutely. All the tickets for tomorrow are going to be refunded. Anybody that pre-purchased will get a refund. So uh, what we're we're going to do is to be refunding tonight at halftime for tomorrow's games. We can't do it right now. Uh, There's still a lineup to get into the game. And then for tomorrow, though, if people want to come by, there'll be a refund or they can call the Basketball Alberta office next week. All right. Uh, Paul, thanks for the update. I know the three-on-three three, uh, is going to be great tomorrow. So that starts at 10.40, final at 10:40. and then the Team Canada open scrimmage and, uh, and everything, all the autographs after. That'll start at 3. Good stuff, Paul. Thank you. Thanks so much, Reed. All right. They've got to adjust on the fly. Obviously not ideal with uh, what happened with the Turkish team, but they will go ahead tonight, and we'll keep you updated as we move along. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're back after the news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.